0: Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God. The message... God placed on my heart today is entitled God loves us. Amen. He loves us. Amen. Amen. Everything that God does as it pertains to humanity is it is out of love. Yeah. <clears throat> God created us. to experience his love. He wants us to have this fellowship with him that would last for all eternity. And it is out of his love for us that he sent his son, Christ Jesus, to be savior of the world. Before we get into the word, let's spend time in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, please speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Thank you, God, that we have it today. Let our minds, Father, be receptive to your truth, the very breath of your voice. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In Jeremiah chapter 31 and verses 3, it says, the Lord has appeared of all to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. God loves us. That's why we are saved. Because God loves us. That's why God wants the world to be saved. Because he loves us. In God's word, God says that his love is everlasting. What does it mean by everlasting in this context? God is telling us that it is with loving kindness. God loves us with loving kindness. He is kind towards us. Even at times when we might fail him, he is still kind towards us. And that kindness is based on his loyalty, based on his covenant that he made with us. God has established a covenant with us that has been ratified or settled by the blood of Jesus. And that is why at the moment when someone hears the gospel message and that person as moved by the Holy Spirit, chooses to accept Jesus as his or her Savior, at that moment, the Bible says, that person is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. The sealing of the Holy Spirit is because of Jesus is because of his death, burial, and resurrection. And that is because of God's love. When we pray, we have to take time and thank God for this. Every day, we have to take time and thank him. There should not be a day going by where We don't pause and say, Jesus, thank you that you love me. And thank you that your love is based on that unconditional covenant that you made. That your son, Christ Jesus, is my savior. And because, God, you're loyal to your covenant, dear God, thank you that your love is everlasting to me. And we are experiencing his love. The book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And this morning, I want us to focus especially on verses 17 to 19. But I'm going to be reading from verses 14, but then we'll, be focused, we'll focus primarily on verses 17 to 19. But if you follow along in your Bible, it says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is praying here, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Now look at verses 17 particularly. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. That's the love of God. may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. To know the love of Christ. That's what all life is about. Not the love of Christ. To so know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We cannot comprehend God's love, saints. God's love is incomprehensible. That's what God is saying here. But yet, we are grounded in his love. So we have to keep praying and asking God by his Holy Spirit and his word which he has given us to help us to understand the love of Christ in us. And when we pray for other believers, this is how we have to pray. And sometimes even if you find that child of God that has wandered away, the way for them to come back into fellowship with the Lord is to ask the Holy Spirit to touch their minds and their souls that they will focus once again, on the love of Jesus. They have wondered because the devil has lied to them. And the devil has them perhaps focusing on their mistakes. Things that they did, regretting decisions. Maybe condemning themselves. Maybe even other people have condemned them. And we have to get on our knees and pray, Dear God, Oh Holy Spirit, please reveal your love, the love of Jesus in their hearts. They are grounded in the love of Christ. It's just that they have wandered away. Christ has not ceased from loving them. He is their Savior. They have been named into the family of God. That's what God is telling us. They belong to him. But the devil is a liar and the father of lies. And when God's children make mistakes, the devil then, who deceived them into behaving and thinking, thinking first and then behaving in a manner that is not pleasing to God and grieves the Holy Spirit, The devil then tells them to look at your mistake instead of looking at the love of God. And they can stay, a child of God can stay in that predicament, predicament making one mistake after another after another. But it will take the love of God, the work of the Holy Spirit to draw them back to Jesus. Make no mistake about this. There are some out there who might be saying, they may say, Pastor McKeown, are you teaching that because grace abounds, sin did much more abound? The answer is no, by no means. Anyone upon hearing this message, even if you're entertaining that thought, you are in error. I am teaching the Word of God. Where sin abound, grace is much more abound. When you think that you have no sin, you're deceiving yourself. And the truth is not in your heart. But when someone steps off their platform of pride, and they humble themselves and they ask Jesus, To forgive them. They admit that they have sinned. God says, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. We have no business. If God says he will forgive his children who come to him, we have no business condemning them. Who are we to condemn? It is God who forgives. God loves us, and he wants to keep us there. He wants to keep us in his love, and Paul is praying that we may be filled with the fullness of God, the fullness of Jesus. God wants us to experience this fullness all the time. God wants us to experience the riches of his glory through his love. By the love of God, the Holy Spirit is revealing to us the very glory of God. When we ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand the love of God, we are actually strengthened by the Holy Spirit, the Word of God says. We experience Christ dwelling in our hearts, the scripture says. What does it mean for Jesus to be in our hearts? We are born again, and Jesus is Lord of our lives, but we are living, experiencing the love of Jesus in us. That's why the scripture says we are rooted and grounded. In his love, verses 17, being rooted and grounded in his love. It is so important for the church today to be praying for everyone, not only the young people, for everyone to stay rooted and grounded in the love of God. The devil wants God's children to not appreciate or appropriate the love of Christ. He brings all kind of distracting thoughts and burdens and problems and yes, even bad decisions to cause the child of God to move away from that truth that we are grounded in the love of God. But when we pray in the name of Jesus, we experience God's deliverance. The battlefield is in the mind. The Bible tells us that's where the battlefield is. Spiritual warfare is real. Satan has always been from the very beginning and even now more so sending fiery darts to the child of God. That mind can be renewed by the word of God. So God's love is everlasting. And God's love, though we cannot comprehend it, we are grounded in his love. We really are. That's why nothing separates us from the love of God. Many a times I see God's children, when they make mistakes, the devil then tells them to stay away from God's church. You have to pray for them. Remember, no truth will come from Satan and from demons. He's a liar and the father of lies. And every sin, every sin begins with a lie. Second Peter chapter 3 and verses 9. Praise God for this, saints. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's love is long-suffering. And God's love is for everyone. And here the Bible is telling us, God is saying that He wants everyone to come to Him. God has not decreed that everyone turn to Him. If that was the case, then everyone will be saved. There will be this idea of universalism, everyone getting to heaven. That's not what the scripture is saying. God has not decreed that. What God is saying is that the word of God is saying that this is God's desire. This is his sovereign desire that all will turn to him. This was there with Adam. It was God's desire that Adam stay faithful. But he had a choice. And God's desire is for the world to come to him. How are they going to come to him if we don't tell them? The Bible says, how are they going to believe if they're in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they going to hear if someone does not tell them about Jesus? They deserve to hear the gospel. Every unbeliever deserves to hear the gospel. That's why we went out yesterday. That's why we were speaking to people of different faiths, different backgrounds. They deserve to hear the gospel. To be given the opportunity to turn to Jesus. And that's what the church is all about. That's why we exist. The question is not what are we doing for God. The question is what is God doing in his world? The world belongs to God. And it's what God is doing. And God's desire is for everyone to come to Him. When we surrender to His will, then we allow the blessing to participate in that, in God's business, God's program, in soul winning. So many people in the world today have never heard the gospel. A few months ago in South Africa, I asked the Holy Spirit in front of hundreds of people. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit, and I did, to fill me and use me to proclaim the love of God. And so many people came to Jesus. So many came to Christ. I did not have to add to the gospel. I did not have to empower the gospel. All I had to do was yield to the Holy Spirit as he used me to say to the people that God loves you. He truly loves you. (coughs) Because he loves us. (laughs) He is long-suffering toward us. He is delaying His coming so that more can be saved. And He is delaying taking us to heaven so that more can be saved. Every morning when we get up, this has to be our thought, our even attitude towards life. God. You're giving me another opportunity on this side of eternity to tell somebody that you love them. So in your love, dear God, toward me, dear God, you are long-suffering, not only to me, but to others, Father. That has to be the prevailing thought. That's how we have to see life. child of God, if we're not there, the Spirit will get us there if we ask God. Then and only then, life will make sense. And each of us, God, Jesus says, we have to work that out. We have to take up our cross and follow Him. We have to work out our salvation, not in the sense of being saved, but in the sense of why we are saved and serving God. Each of us have to do that. And we may not understand all of the questions, all the answers. I meet with the young people, college and career, and their hearts are so open. Week by week, they pour out their hearts and they're asking questions. They're saying, in other words, we know something is wrong. Then we turn to the Bible and we says, let's see what God says. This is how we should look at life. God is keeping us alive so that he can use us to tell someone that he loves them and that Jesus is their Savior. God is keeping that unbeliever alive so that they can hear that Jesus loves them. All those who went out with me yesterday, that was a choice you made. That was a choice you made to appreciate why God has given you life and why he has given that unbeliever life. Long-suffering. So that we can tell that person that Jesus loves them. Perhaps the best expression of God's love is from God himself. While he walk among us in the person of Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think the problem today is that folks have become so familiar with this verse that it has lost its meaning. It has lost its application in people's hearts, the heart of the church. Just memorize it and just say it. God loves the world. And we exist in that world that God loves. And he wants us to tell others, to tell people that he loves the world. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to him. We're not going to love unbelievers if we are not first starting with the fact that god loves them he loves the world and because of that love he gave his son his only begotten son the second adam jesus christ oh this verse has it has lost its meaning today spoken by jesus for most part, in most churches, it means nothing. Just something to hold up at a sport game. I say to pastors all the time do you go out and evangelize God's world, whom He loves? And then the devil has attacked that whole concept. There are those who are teaching that Jesus died only for some. Jesus' love was not good enough for the whole world. He shed his blood only for some. He atoned only for some. That questions the very integrity of Jesus. For Jesus himself said he loves the world. When we die... We lose our opportunity to tell the people in the world that God loves them. So I'm challenging everyone. Are you following this? This verse challenges everyone. When Jesus spoke this, he is challenging both the giver of the gospel and the receiver of the gospel. He is saying to the receiver, if you do not respond to me, you are condemning yourself. If you hear that gospel and he's saying to us, you are responsible to tell the world that I love the world. If you love me, you're going to obey my command. And he says, don't let your, let your love for me be with sincerity. So this is both an exhortation to do what is right before God and then a responsibility for those who hear the gospel. And this is not something that you and I should arrive at every day and based on last year's conviction every morning that we get up. We have to appreciate. We did not earn the breath to breathe in the morning. We did not even deserve the breath to, that we breathe in the morning. God gave it to us by grace. And He says, you have to value it. He says, we have to look at life like a vapor it's here and then it's gone. It's here and it's gone. All our planning, all what we have, it means nothing. It can be gone. In a moment, the flower that comes up in the morning, then the sun comes on it and it just withers away. God says. Every day, John 3 16, spoken by God Himself when He walk among us. That should be our meditation. Jesus told us, God loves the world. And he gave his son because he loved the world. And he wants the world to hear the gospel that whosoever believe. Today, so many pastors in this part of the world not around the world. I am ministering by the grace of God. He is using me to minister every week in different countries around the world. And then there are times, you know, where God takes me regularly, takes me there physically to minister in those countries. But there are so many that have redefined And so many churches and so many pastors have redefined what is called a gospel Christian in this part of the world. So many pastors are preaching a gospel Christian is God wants us to learn how to exist for selves. Be the best husband, the best wife the best father, the best employer, the best employee, the best taxpayer, the best everything. Just don't share the gospel. And it's come under the definition of gospel Christian. Observe very simply. God so loved the world that he gave his son He did not give wealth. He gave Jesus to die in our place. He gave Jesus to experience a father turning away from him. He took the full weight of our sin. He made a way for us to get to heaven. Church, I tell you, Only the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can make this make sense in our souls every day afresh and take it to different levels and different heights of this scripture, understanding it, the words of Jesus. He gave his son to provide redemption for the world. He is Savior of the world. The unbelieving world has to hear the gospel so that they may believe. They deserve to hear the gospel. See how it changes life? This morning you laid hands and you prayed for me and you prayed for those, different, those ailments in my physical being. And as you prayed, it was not just that God strengthened me, but that I can live and continue to live with Jesus, to share the gospel. This is called, seek ye first, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. He'll take care of the other things. Are we following this? Mm-hmm. Never settle for yesterday's understanding of this verse. Ain't you today? Every day we get up, Jesus, dear God, help me to grow to understand this, your love for the world. Right? Help me, dear God. And that's how we will grow, Mm -hmm. to understand the fullness of the love of Christ and continue to grow, to be grounded in his love and to understand that his love is everlasting and his love is long-suffering. And we will be better able to worship him and to experience his glory of worship because we're growing in his love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you for loving us. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking your truth in our hearts, dear God. What we understand about your love, God, thank you. We know it is incomprehensible, so what we don't help us to grow to understand it. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, O Holy Spirit, never to settle. Never to say, dear God, that we understand your love. Help us to grow, Father. Jesus, thank you, Father. Oh, dear God, there is a world, the world that you came for, the world that you died for, that world that you desire to come to you, the unbelievers, God, we know they deserve to be born again because you die for them. They deserve to hear the gospel of Jesus. They deserve to hear the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus before they die. So Father, please use us we cannot go we can pray if we can go we thank god that we can thank you jesus in jesus name in jesus name we pray thank you jesus for your death your burial and your resurrection you are the way you are the truth you are the life And no one can come to the Father except through you. You are Savior of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. 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 Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.